Hey, this is Matt from Monsters at Midnight. Our show is your one-stop shop for horror news, true crime, and real-life tales of the unexplained all October long. Our full archive of Scary Good episodes is now streaming on zemapodcastingnetwork.com forward slash monsters at midnight. Once again, that is zemapodcastingnetwork.com forward slash monsters at midnight. Best of all, there's no paywalls standing in your way. You get all this creamy content for absolutely free. So, bolt your windows, lock your doors, and turn out the lights, and check us out. We have the ability to influence and shape the lives of people with the things we say, how we act, and the choices we make with it. Okay, let's just this is episode ten, baby. Yeah, welcome to episode ten. It's me, Haley, and And me, Cece. Yeah, and that's Cece. We haven't talked to you in a while. (laughs) I know we're really sorry. We've had some technical difficulties both in the last two hours and in the the past two weeks. weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we're because we live so far apart now. We really got to figure out this remote thing. But we both just purchased our very own microphones, yes. and we're figuring out how to do this on Skype. But for now, we're hanging out in my living room. Yeah. My mother is sleeping on the couch. Our biggest fan, arguably, um, Cece's mom, is here mm-hmm. in the audience, and she's sleeping, so she does not. she's not reacting to this. So try not to wake her, <laughs> you know. But shout out when she listens later. <laughs> She really wanted to be here for it. Mm-hmm. If you hear snoring, that's her. Yeah, we might, we'll try to stop If her. it gets real loud, we'll you'll probably hear us take a little break. Also, if you hear us breathing or like way more sounds than you need to, we're sorry about it. Like we're just trying to figure this out. If it sounds like shit, we'll know too. Yeah. We'll if post it's on our Facebook. too if it's too tactile, yeah. This will become an ASMR podcast. You know, we'll podcast. You'll hear. Except it kind of hurts my throat. Yeah. So it's okay. Anyway, <laughs> so since I talked to you last, Cece and I, I had a birthday, and Cece mm-hmm. and I went out and got busted. So much fun. It was so love fun. Madison. We ran it to Tyler. We've name dropped oh, Tyler before on this. When podcast. We talked about uh, Taylor Swift. We did. Yeah. We got Denny's. A oh, good yeah. time. Nothing hits harder than Denny's at 4 30 mm. in the morning. And then you get up to the counter and they're like, eight bucks. And you're like, you fucking kidding me? That was awesome. That was it. This, made, this tasted so good. Yeah. This is the best food I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, what else? I've Club Penguin is back up and running, so I've been doing that. Okay, I thought. I mean, I thought it was dead. I remember yes. everyone talking about how it was dead. And then the past mm-hmm. week, Haley has been sending me so much Club Penguin content, content of her playing, and I've been so confused. Like, yeah, I'm working on some personal missions. Like, I have a very small igloo, and I can't see myself like needing more space. So I've been trying to fill my igloo instead of with furniture with puffles. So I have like 16 puffles. It's so, so much work, like trying to keep them all fed and bathed. You do not believe. <laughs> Puffles, aren't they like basically furniture? They're little puppy yes. things. They all have fun names. Each of them are named after a variety of wine. Cabernet, Rosé, <laughs> Pinot, Pinot Grigio. The list goes on and on. Oh my and there's gosh. a couple cheeses in there. There's a Havarti. There's a Mott's. What? Yeah. I want a Gouda. I think Gouda oh. is such a cute name for any Monster. kind of <gasps> Monster? That would be cute. Yes. I'm talking about a monster today because it's <gasps> Halloween season. Me too. Today is October. Well, now it's 12:17 a.m. <laughs> so it's actually October 19th. But, oh my God, that's like so close to Halloween. I know. I'm but, pretty sure technically tonight, October 19th, I have a Halloween party. I'm supposed to attend. Do I have oh, a costume? God. No. Tonight is in Saturday. Yeah, it's in Saturday. Damn. Not as in like now when we're done with the podcast. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. Whoa, no costume though. I have. So I've gone as Eleven from Stranger Things before when I shaved my head. I think. Yeah, maybe I have tell a story. Oh. I mean, the story is I shaved my head to go as Eleven from season one of Stranger Things in How many years two years. Was it only two years? I feel like it has to be three years. Your hair now. is very long. It has to be three years now. Well, when did the series premiere? I'm a fake fan because I don't fucking remember. I feel like You'll it was hear my 2017. 2016? It's probably fucking 2016. Oh, we can hear okay, typing. Okay, if you can hear my typing, now you're going to know that I am typing the whole time. It premiered in 2016, so it was three years ago. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah it'll be three years. Now. Yeah, and but the thing is that I did not anticipate. So having shaved my head when season one came out, now that every season, like season two, I have yes. the same length hair yes. as Eleven. Yeah. Season three, I have the same. Well, hair what does she as wear 11. now? Oh shit! You have that. So merch. what I have? Yes, I have. First of all, I have like. Hello, Stranger Things merch. Yes. Um, but okay, also, she's not a fake fan. Let's get that clear. Yes. True fan. Yes. But I have, so in the end of season three, at the Battle of Starcourt Mall, mm-hmm. not going to spoil anything else, um, but she wears black <laughs> jeans with black suspenders, a yellow button down that's got some like, it's called like an Aztec print. It's oh, like yeah, yeah, thick yeah. black lines. Lots of triangles and patterns. And then a pair of white Reeboks. I already have the black pants. I already have the white Reeboks. I don't have black suspenders. And I don't have the Aztec print shirt. But I bet you if I spent an hour tomorrow thrifting, mm-hmm. I could whip that shit out. And Easy. I think that's what I'll do. Easy. Mm-hmm. And then that's a whole night of Halloween fun. Eleven, baby. Yeah, easy. Love her. Every year you can be her. Until the series is over. Yeah. T. 
I every year I am a nurse or a doctor, depending on how you view someone in scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> doctor. Sometimes I I made this little Go for the like PhD. scrubs like a JD um, name tag. <laughs> <laughs> Now that our audience is here and ready and awake and looking at our laughing cues, um, Cece starts first this week. I do. This month, I guess. <laughs> oh my God, we haven't recorded. Yeah, and also, sorry to interrupt, um, now that we, well, once we figure out how to remotely record, maybe we'll have some more episodes. We'll try to make up for this like big gap. Yeah. We'll every week or something. We're really sorry that yes, we've sorry. done this to you. But... We both mutually decided to do kind of a spooky content, mm-hmm. like, a week. So, Cece, over to you. Okay, my spooky content. Um, so, yeah, we kind of talked about it in podcasts before, but I'm going to try to keep it spooky. Okay. Um, and a little bit ambiguous at first. So, the guy I'm doing, the first one, is nicknamed Durf. And what do you think Durf's profession is? Do you know who Durf is? First, I don't know Durf. There's so many things. Mm -hmm. First, I think we haven't talked management. Waste management. (laughs) Second, worm farm. Worm farm. Durf the worm farmer. Yeah, easy. Also, I took a soil science class. Apparently, the word dirt is a swear word. Like you can't say it's a D word. Don't say dirt. They mean soil. It's like offensive. Is that yeah? Like is that the? It's soil. Soil, soil has a thousand nutrients. organisms per square centimeter. And what is in dirt is like nothing. I don't know. It's like, derogatory. Anyway, I don't know who dirt is, but I'd love to know. Yeah, we've never covered anyone who's in his profession. Well, we yet. This is our tenth episode. I mean, I know, but like we've done, we've done novelists. So he's not we've an done musicians. He's not a makeup artist. He's not a stuntman. He's not a painter. Wow. But he's in the arts. Yes. I would consider this the arts. Damn. So it's not waste management. <laughs> okay. I'm not... I'm, I'm bad at guessing. It's all good. Um, he is a cartoonist. <gasps> oh my God. Fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Durf's full name. And he goes by his full name too. Durf was just like a fun elusive nickname yeah where it's like who could who could derf be Uh, the derf man the derf man happy monday um (laughs) so he oh my god his birthday is halloween y'all i didn't even realize happy spooky season i didn't you will find out there's no way this is a coincidence um so john backdurf born october 31st 1959 is an American cartoonist, also known as Durf or Durfback Durf. What? <laughs> Wait, so he's like, oh no, he's not that old. 50s seems like such 59. a long time ago. Yeah. He's like, not that old. No, he's not that old. Like, 60s. no, he's, yeah, this is the year he turned yeah. 60. No, no. And he's a Scorpio. Yes. Oh yeah, Libra season is end, ended by then. Don't mind me. <laughs> Okay. In 2006, Durf won the Robert F. Kennedy Journalism Award for cartooning. Back Durf has been based in Cleveland, Ohio for much of his career. Interesting. Any idea where I'm going with this yet? <laughs> Should I? <laughs> is Probably it, not. Is he like the Garfield guy? 
No. Okay. Something else that I Calvin? think you might know what I'm talking about. No, I wish. I love Calvin and Hobbes. Same. I got the big book. Yes, of all of them. So early life for Durf. Damn, so you're not going to tell me. Okay. No, you're going to find out. <laughs> the Durf, lead up. Durf grew up in Richfield, Ohio. Damn it. I know, not Richfield, Wisconsin. Like the way you looked at me, I was like, really? No, the five three zero one seven. The five three zero one seven. He's the son of a chemist. He attended Eastview Junior High and Revere High School, where one of his classmates was. Da 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 da. I'll get to it. But what? Durf <laughs> graduated in high school in 1978 and began attending the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. The following summer, he worked as a garbage man. Wait a second. Holy shit. He was in waste management, but that's not what I'm talking but about. that's what we are talking about. You freaking about. guessed it. Durf um, was a garbage what man. What the fuck? Oh my God. Yo. We're tired. It's late. <laughs> And we're drinking. And we're drinking. <laughs> but, and like, in a fun way. In a, in, not in a sad way. <laughs> I don't know how to react to that, but all I know is that when I was, like, really little, I used to see dead people, so. <laughs> you got a little bit of the psychic. I have a sense. Um, Durf, so he later transferred from the Art Institute of Pittsburgh to Ohio State University, and he uh, graduated from there. Don't you mean the Ohio State? Yeah, <laughs> I gave Mrs. Ellsburn side eye. I got a bunch of OSU fans in my family. I'm shaking my head. They but... play UW next Saturday. And we're gonna win the Badgers. <laughs> the Badgers. Not the Buckeyes. Not the Buckeyes. Which is a nut. Because every time I see an OSU fan, I say, What even is a Buckeye? And then it's like, It's a nut. So, it's a so you know. <laughs> anyway. um, okay, so Durf was immersed in the punk movement during the late 1970s, and he began uh, working as a political cartoonist for the o- Ohio State Lantern, then professionally at the Evening Times in West Palm Beach, Florida. He worked as a staff cartoonist at the Cleveland Plain Dealer in the late 80s, and in the mid-1990s, Durf worked in the newsroom of the Akron Beacon Journal. And then after that, he went on to pursue the art of writing graphic novels. Am I getting any no. warmer? That's okay. I'm being very cryptic. Okay. So, yeah. I feel like I, there's no... Are you no, wondering no. where it's going to get spooky? Yeah. I'm wondering like when... Okay. We're getting Is it a there. spooky novel? Like graphic novel? It's unnerving and a little bit upsetting to read, but the subject of the book is what really is the scary thing. The only graphic novel I've read is Mouse. Yeah, it's it's not like that. And that was about World War II, so Mm -hmm. I don't think that's this. This is about that such and such person who graduated with him from Revere okay. High School. I think I just need more hints. Oh yeah, I'm gonna keep going. Okay. So um, his first graphic novel was The City. Um, and actually it wasn't a graphic novel. It was just a comic strip that appeared in a bunch of newspapers, which I used to read like the funnies, you know, the comic section oh of my newspapers. God. You know what and he had a column. When you said that. What like, do you think of? The CC, first of all, 
best person to invite to your birthday parties. Always gets the good gifts. Shout out Amy again. <laughs> but every time she would come to a party, she had your present wrapped in newspaper and the funnies. Yes. And everyone was like, why are you so fucking cool? And we were like six. Hell yeah. And we were like, I have this fucking ugly glitter ass polka dot <sighs> shit. And that stuff is like, cute, but you've got to cool. pay money for it. You know? I mean, and papers are free. Up. Paper ain't free. Trees appreciate being But recycling free. is free. Mm. Unless you pay for it. Unless you pay for it. <laughs> Not a free Durf. service then. Dirt. Waste management would know. So yeah, he... Um, okay, so eventually it did kind of become like a comic book because he compiled all of like, you know, his weekly The City mm. spots into a book. So it was his first major project. Um, he worked at on this graphic novel called Punk Rock and Trailer Parks, which is a 152-page graphic novel set in 1980 during the punk rock heyday in Akron, Ohio. In Akron. Interesting. Yes. Um, and I don't really care to I'm trying to think of everyone I know that. from Akron. I've heard of it. I think in only negative kind of that place. <laughs> I know of Akron. Um, but this will give it away. Um, in 2012, well, it, 2012 is the whack date. Um, but he, in 2012 is when he finished this book. Prior to it, he'd released like, you know, limited editions of it. But he wrote the book, My Friend Dahmer. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you really wanted me to do Jeffrey I Dahmer. Knew, so I, I was going to gonna say it before you started. I was going to say, I really hope it's Dahmer, but I didn't want you to be, have to be like, eh, maybe. Mm, but I didn't. But thank fucking God. Mm-hmm. Wait, are you going to talk about uh, that guy from the Disney Channel? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> the one who ends up playing yes. Jeffrey Dahmer? No, I'm not going to. Dude, I love learning about Jeffrey Dahmer. I almost said I love Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, not at all. No. But yes, awesome, cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't know... My Friend Dahmer was a graphic novel. It was originally. So the movie is based off the graphic novel. And so originally, um, it's so the the book we know today is My Friend Dahmer that was released in 2012. It's a culmination of the comic book project started by Durf in 1994. Shortly after Jeffrey Dahmer was murdered in prison. So he heard about this and was like, Jeffrey Dahmer starts this comic book um and he pitched the project he so first he did like a little story in fantagraphics which i only assume is like a comic book issue yeah um then he pitched the project as a hundred page graphic novel but no publisher would pick it up why because they didn't want to hear about murder and i'm sure they didn't think pictures it would... of like sell i mean like skulls? who's Who's going to buy it? Because already Me. it's hard. True. But in 94, we ain't around. Yeah. Um, well, But yeah. you think about it, like, you know, graphic novels for adults are kind of like a new thing. And there are, mm-hmm. like, I've read some. Um, there's one called Persepolis, which I think it's about a Middle Eastern woman kind of, like, making her way through some oppression. I don't remember what country she's in, but, like, avoiding... You it's know, a, like... Yeah. Definitely a different way to experience a narrative. Yeah. And I wonder if these people 
were worried about people accidentally buying it for their kids and it yeah. being like an outrage <laughs> and it being about because it Jeffrey Dahmer yeah there is sometimes though like there is author Patrick Rothfuss who writes he has a book called oh god I can't remember but it's like Princess and Mr. Cuddle it's like something like that um and it's got this little gold seal on the book and it is very not appropriate for children but it's like a small illustrated book yeah um and the gold seal it looks like you know like one of the caldecott awards yeah, and stuff Pulitzer. um but it right. says this book is not for kids and no oh. one fucking reads the metal so people buy Actually, it all the time it needs to be like the title of the book this book is not for kids <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it's like something bj novak would write <laughs> it's it's definitely like I wouldn't say it's comedy, but it's kind of, it's kind of, it's actually kind of spooky. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. It's good though. Um, But yeah, apparently he needs this for his comic book and maybe the publishers aren't thinking of that, but no one's picking it up. Um, He then self-published a scaled back 24 page My Friend Dahmer comic book in 2002. And that was nominated for an Eisner Award and was adapted and staged as a one act play by the New York University theater department so by then people are interested and the final 224 page incarnation was done Mm. in 2012 i think is when that was finally done yeah really freaking persevered and it was nominated for a ton of awards and was named by time magazine as one of the top five nonfiction books of 2012 so not even just like graphic novels like all nonfiction books for 2012 yeah um so yeah, a lot of high praise, and then it was adapted into a film, My Friend Dahmer, that premiered at the 2017 Tribeca Film Festival, and that received positive reviews. And I didn't see it. That was the one with this guy from Disney. Mm-hmm. Let me find his name, because I think that's important. Well, I know, so there's a guy, Alex Wolf from the Naked Brothers Band is in it. He I, plays Dirk. He's hot. He plays Durf. I just saw him in Hereditary. Oh, he plays Durf. Oh, so Durf. Are they like friends in high school? Yeah. So I'll talk. So I read, I ended up reading My Friend Dahmer. I found it for free on the internet. And basically what it is, they graduated from Revere High School in Ohio together. And it is Durf looking back at his high school memories. And, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer was not a popular kid. He was an alcoholic. (laughs) super weird and it's him like finding these memories of this kid who just like blended in but yeah so the book is yeah so it's Durf as a high schooler and his group of friends and how they don't they like remember little bits and pieces about Jeffrey Dahmer from like elementary and middle school but no one hangs out with him and how one day like he he would impersonate um oh yeah yeah the Dahmers had like a really strange interior decorator who kind of like i don't know what that's called when you when you don't say your r's you say w's instead you know what i'm saying like yeah like saying water instead of water yeah um yeah i don't know but he would like do that and he would well he like kind of spasm his muscles but in like a really like i mean like i like in a really yeah. like socially awkward way, you where think? like people were laughing at him more than oh, like with so? him, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, one hundred percent. Because cool. 
And Durf talks about how, like, it, for a while, like, you know, they would egg him on. At some point, they, like, did a collection for him to do all this weird stuff at the mm. mall where it was mm. like, yeah, dude, we'll give you 35 bucks. Like, everyone chipped in and we're going to follow you around. So they're like, bullying him? I think it was bullying. Yeah. 100%. Because, well. Interesting. Yeah, I listen. I don't know that much about Jeffrey Dahmer, but I listened to the last podcast on the left about him mm-hmm. and the way they described it was like that people actually thought that was funny and that that was the only way he could relate to people i but you know what after reading Durf's account of it um i think people thought it was funny as in like haha look at jeff being like a freak. yeah being but weird not I like thought, oh god he's know. a comedy genius like to me it was it's like at least Durf's account it yeah. was like laughing at him not with him okay and but he was fine with that because he had no friends at a point when Durf and his friends kind of stopped talking with Jeff they never really hung out with him outside of the school other than that time they followed him around the mall he would like go up to couples and like spill their water and like scream at them and like do weird stuff and they all were standing there laughing like isn't this great um yeah like that's such a weird perspective and a, like mm, like familiar perspective when you're like remember because there's a always a person in high school that you don't think of and then you see in the news like this person from a local well, this local guy from town and you're like is that could jail. be this person and you're like holy shit i remember that kid and, and they were super weird yeah, and, and here's all the memories i have mm-hmm. but it's not like a cohesive like it's not something you think about all the time Oh, yeah. And, well, this, um, Durf went back and, you know, tried to interview classmates and teachers. And everyone was kind of like, oh, yeah, like, I don't remember much. Or Yeah, because why would you? No. And There's apparently. There's no space for that in your He'd head. get trashed before yeah. high school every day. And he would never drink in front of anyone. He started anyone. drinking at, like, 11. Yeah. Age in the 11. morning. And he would stay after school because he was afraid to drink at home and get caught. So he would really? just stay he would come early in the morning and get drunk and drink all day and stay after school. Interesting. Just like totally an alcoholic and no one really like did anything, you know? Like yeah. it's, it's kind of insane. And so this whole thing is um, Durf's account of this and how, you know, like all these weird encounters with Jeffrey Dahmer and then eventually, you know, Durf goes off and goes to OSU. Jeffrey Dahmer ends up attending OSU at a different time Mm -hmm. uh, and dropping out and all this stuff and how years down the road then he's working for the newspaper and a girlfriend of his is also working for like what the Akron, whatever that Akron, Akron Beacon Journal. She works for another newspaper in Akron and calls him and is like, you will never guess what. There's a dude in Milwaukee who is, who's killed like 17 males, Mm. dismembered them, cannibalized them, decapitated like acid all this crazy stuff and you graduated with him from high school and Durf is like i know who you're talking about oh without even knowing his name Dahmer. (gasps) whoa Dahmer didn't even have to tell him and she was like yes how do you know bitch (laughs) because he's weird and we'll get into you know more about Jeffrey Dahmer, but it's it's crazy. It's just so crazy. This dude, yeah. 
Jeffrey Dahmer. Everyone knows who Jeffrey Dahmer is, but yeah. I'm not going to talk about his Katie Perry sings about him. Does she really? Yeah, remember, it's like, eat your heart out like Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, shit. Did, did that translate? Yes. <laughs> okay. Eat your heart out. Like yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Dark Horse? Is that that one? Do, 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 do. I don't know. <laughs> Are you ready for the yes. perfect storm? Is that, what song is that? Is that Dark Horse? Oh, I don't like know, dude. <laughs> um, so Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer was born May 21st, 1960, died November 28th, 1994. Also 34. known as Didn't last long. Mm-mm. Also known as the Milwaukee Cannibal or the Milwaukee Monster. Never heard of um, those. I haven't either, but it, mm, they apply. Yeah. Um, was an American serial killer and sex offender who committed rape, murder, and dismemberment of 17 men and boys from 1978 to 1991. Many of his later murders involved necrophilia, cannibalism, the permanent preservation of body parts, typically all or part of the skeleton. Oh, so, yeah. Ew. Yeah. Okay. And there's a lot of information here. I'm really going to keep it brief with this, dude. Okay. Y'all want to get in-depth with Jeffrey Dahmer? Listen to the last podcast on the left about it. Yes. And for heck's sake, read My Friend Dahmer. I thought it was very... Did you read it? I did. Damn. Yeah. Wait, how long does it take you to read a graphic novel? Because I find that it's a lot shorter than normal. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, it's... So, what did it say? It said it was 224 pages. Um, A lot of them aren't illustrated. A lot of them mm-hmm. are like, here's a supplemental story that I wasn't able to verify, but this is what... A classmate told me they experienced on this night with Dahmer, or like weird. I'm he'll write about that. yeah, and he writes. I mean, he writes about like he purposefully excludes certain people that existed. Like Jeffrey Dahmer has a younger brother named David, I mm-hmm. believe. He's like, I was in high school. I'm not paying like I paid no attention to a kid that was five or six years younger than me. Mm-hmm. David was irrelevant, so well, he's not part of my story. Definitely argue that means that it's a totally biased account. Oh, it is, and, but that's the whole point. It's his, but it's experience his perspective. But why Donald. should I care about Durf and his perspective? Like valid, I guess, because whatever. But like, not, not as credible. I mean, it isn't, but he does, like, he takes, inf- like, when he writes stories that he is not personally a part of, like, he does not remember, mm-hmm. he references Jeffrey's father, Lionel, has a, bo- has a, has, like, memoirs hmm. about, oh, yeah. like, his I think his mom does, too. Probably. They're both freaking... I think they profited. I have problems that. with both of the Dahmer parents, yeah. but I'll get into that later. <laughs> um, but, like... If he would say, like, and he's very open with, like, what the stories are, but he's like, I wouldn't, he's like, everything in this book, I pretty much consider fact, and if, and, like, the stories I include here have been verified by, like, three or more of our classmates. He's like, if it's, if there's three or more people remembering things the same way, I'm putting it in this book and treating it like it happened. Even his own accounts. Well, yeah, but, like, there's parts of, like, he didn't go to the prom, Durf didn't go yeah. to prom, but, like, Jeffrey Dahmer Loser. showed up at prom. So he interviewed <laughs> all these people, and like, yeah, d- like, do you remember Jeffrey Dahmer being at prom? Yeah, he showed up with so-and-so. So now that's in the book of him showing up with so-and-so and, like, leaving. To- I think there's a story about that, about him going to prom. 
Well, he left right away. Yeah. And he went with, like, some random person. Yeah. An underclassman girl. Yeah. Because she probably didn't know any better. Yeah. She was like, oh, this upperclassman wants to take me to the prom. Oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. She had a friend. She had a friend who was going. That's why. By the way, Jeffrey Dahmer is one of those people that everyone talks about as, like, a hot serial killer. Absolutely. Like, him and Jeffrey Dahmer. Or, him and Ted Bundy. Neither of them are hot. Mm Mm-mm. Maybe like for they, other they like serial BTK. killers, but like, really, is that the standard? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> even in the uh, fucking seventies and eighties, they're still not hot. Absolutely not. I've seen some hotter people in the eighties, seventies, and eighties. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I need to get back to talking about how he was born. So Jeff was born on May twenty first, nineteen sixty, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, he was. Yeah. And then he went to Ohio and came back. Um, because his mother's family, Joyce's family, are from Wisconsin. Okay. And, and Cece has lived in Milwaukee. Yes. Because that's where she went to school. Hell yeah, brother. 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 Um, so Joyce is his mom. Lionel is his dad. Um, Lionel worked. Um, so at first, when they're in Milwaukee, Joyce worked as a teletype machine instructor. I don't know what that is. Mm-mm. And his father, Lionel, was a student at Marquette University working towards getting a degree in chemistry. Mm-hmm. So eventually, once Lionel graduates from Marquette with this chemistry degree, they end up back in Ohio. Normally, we record on Marquette campus. Oh, yeah, we do normally. <laughs> but Taking not today. <laughs> Shout out to you, Graham. You're Miss editing you, this. I don't think he'll listen to the whole thing. But if you do, text me. Text us. <laughs> Miss you. Um, so some people say Dahmer was deprived of attention as an infant. Some people are like, there's no way to prove that. So mm-hmm. we can't even say that. Um, and some people, I mean... There are a lot of problems with Joyce, his mother. She has got some serious things going on. Um, And some people, like, discuss about her known tendencies towards being, like, really greedy for attention and really, and, like, asking for pity from people, being very argumentative, and how maybe she resented the attention that her baby got. Like, un proven but like it's proven so later when jeff is like making fun of this interior decorator and like you Mm -hmm. know spasming and doing all this stuff it's kind of later found out that it's not this interior decorator he's you know like making fun of it's his own mother like she would work herself up into these anxious like panic attack fits where she like could not function Mm. like and he was imitating that. Apparently, that like that's very strange. And people were like, "This is hilarious!" And it just looks like someone who doesn't have control of yeah. their muscles. And it's just like, I don't know. Today, it's like not fucking funny. Maybe that was funny to them in the seventies or something. Um. But anyway, um, let me see here. I mean, pretty much, they end up in Ohio. Akron. He's reserved. He's a really quiet kid. And he is plagued by crazy fantasies. 
Mm. Like all the time. And that's a suggestion. Like some people suggest maybe that's why he turned to alcohol at mm. such a young age and would get blackout all the time because there was no other way that he could figure out to like get that stuff off his mind. And at a very early age, he found out that he was gay. Mm-hmm. And Which is that wasn't something unacceptable. You don't talk about it. You don't. There's no one to confide in. There's just nothing you can do other than suppress it. And then on top of that, he has these like really insane fantasies about controlling other people and controlling them by that having them be dead. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that he was like totally enamored with, there was a jogger who would jog by yes. his house. And there was this. a time when he was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to like hit him with this bat and that day the jogger didn't come so like so many wild things and you know then after that the thing is so while there is a lot of stuff that you know maybe Durf's comic book isn't totally accurate a lot of that stuff can be confirmed like the dates of when Mm -hmm. he waited for the jogger oh yeah the date of his first kill all this stuff it's very well documented because Jeffrey, when he was incarcerated, was very open. Yes. And he's been compared, or not compared, but like contrasted to like Charles Manson, very manipulative. Other people who just have such contempt for the law, they don't want to share any information that's useful. They're not going to tell you where all oh. their victims are buried. You know, he was not that. He was like, oh, what do you want to know? Ask me anything. I'll tell you. It kind of feels good yeah. to have all my dirty laundry aired out, and he. You think? Well, I think that's what like he said. The kind of person. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I think he knew he was gonna die in jail, because of the things that he did. He totally knew, like I'm gonna die, and like many people get to choose, like, um, like when they know when they're on death row, they'll be like, okay, the day before I die, I'm gonna tell. Like, all the things. Mm-hmm. And then they die, but Jeffrey Dahmer knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to be killed. So maybe he wanted to, like, tell. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I'm he was... Wine, so sorry if you hear it. <laughs> Did you hear that? I can yeah. Pour it low. There goes the dark. It's Dark Horse. That's why we were talking about Katy Perry. It's Dark Holy Horse wine, baby. Full yeah. circle. Um... So apparent. This is weird too, but apparently Dahmer was described as being happy and energetic before. At the age of four, he had a double hernia surgery, which is kind of like weird. okay, that doesn't make people serious. Well, people love to go back and say, "Was he dropped on his head?" Like, or like maybe this is a what sign. Exactly, and it's like, is no, the bitch, trigger. Everyone did that when they were like, that age. You know, that's not a sign. Mm-hmm. Or like some people do that and they grow out of it. There like, are signs that are like, what are the three? Setting fires. Killing small animals and wetting the bed at a old at an older age. Yes, and I don't think he did anything except for that interest in dead animals. And he yes. didn't at first. He did not kill them, and he like my dog. He just sniffs them. Yes, he's just very <laughs> interested. But no, he would find roadkill, and because his Ugh. dad was a chemist, I guess he had access to some kind of acid, oh. and he would dissolve animal bodies in jars. 
to see what the bones were like. And eventually it got to the point where he was like peeling off skin because he just wanted to see what's underneath. Apparently his father said at an early age, Jeffrey Dahmer was very interested in bones. Like he had to pull some animal bones out from like under their house, I guess. And Jeffrey Dahmer was like, those are bones. Let me see them. And then at dinner, they were eating chicken and was like, Dad, what would happen if we put these chicken bones in bleach? Mm. And like foreshadowing from that, it turned into like doing this roadkill thing where he'd put them in acid. He would just like dissect all this roadkill. He was just so fascinated. And he said it was like an excitement, like peeling back skin and seeing Ugh. what was underneath. These was, people like, should just become it. medical examiners. I know. I'm like, you know what? I remember people being weird like about that in like biology where they were like, it is so cool. I can't wait to like really? cut open this thing. And I would be like, Ew. what? I remember having to, ri- okay, this was fucking immoral to make us do this. We're in fifth grade. How old are you in fifth grade? Worms. Yeah, the worms. Mm-hmm. We had to raise a worm from it's incubus is that what it's called i don't know whatever when it was a baby worm and then you raise it until it's an adult worm and you name it and you track its habits and then you fucking they're like okay get mine was named wormy wormy the worm and my partner was brett burkles and he and then one day the fucking teacher said we're dissecting them your pet fucking worm that we've been tracking <laughs> and fucking, like, developing a relationship with. Dude. And then we had to cut it the fuck open and pin its skin back. I remember the pinning of the skin, and it was gross. There are some things... I think those things were soaked, whatever preservative, probably, like, some formaldehyde yeah, cocktail. Yeah, it killed wormy. It smelled so bad. It smelled so bad. It smelled disgusting, and there upset. are times where I'll catch a whiff of that smell... That's Makes so weird because I smelled that today. I think it was like um, auger or something. Like there's always a, like a science classroom smell. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. It's gross. I remember that because Brett was a wussy and he wouldn't do it. He and made I had you to do fucking the, do it. Slice it. I, I remember them getting mad. Like you have to find whatever nerve bundle. Yeah. And I remember being like, I can't fucking see a nerve bundle. Oh. It's just a bunch of... Veins and dirt and this shit. This is like, one worm. There's like, one digestive tract. Yeah. And that's all you really need to know about a fucking worm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Fuck. Okay. Sorry. I don't get mad. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry about it. Okay, so he loves bones. He does. He loves bones and it just kind of spirals. And then as he gets older and you know like puberty and he's just like into he well he's just having these crazy fantasies about Ugh. dead guys and everybody he wants has to make them a reality they Google do it they do but like you don't have to act on them and i think he knew that they were bad and so he drank but yeah well later on we find out all of his murders and acts were committed when he was drunk. Oh. So what does that mean? It means he's a monster. That's the whole yeah. thing. So through so eventually his parents get divorced and you know, he was a social outcast in school and his parents were divorced and he was really reserved, but like these aren't 
like, like good exclusive thing. Same. Like those don't well, make really. you a serial killer. Yeah. You are a serial killer when you decide to kill someone. There are many people who have divorced parents and mm-hmm. like bones. Like, come on. The Get kid a from Psycho. Like, be wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't he have become a taxidermist? Like, isn't that yeah. like a viable thing for a weirdo? A medical like examiner, that? a taxidermist, a scientist. Yeah. Someone who studies bones. Yes. Team up with Steve Irwin. All the good crocs that don't make it. Take a look. Figure out what happened. You know? Like... Or be the guy who makes the skeletal thing for classrooms. Yeah. Which, by the way, they used to use real humans that, like, donated their body to science. So, okay, I'll just talk about his first murder because it's so messed up. So his parents there get divorced. There are so many murders. Are you going to go through all of them? No, I'm okay. just going to do the first one. Oh, shit. Are you going to talk about that bar? I will. Okay. So <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer's first murder happened when he was 18 in 1978. And so the messed up thing, his parents get divorced. Joyce files a restraining order against Lionel, I guess, or Mm. some kind of protective order where Lionel can't be in the home. So it's Joyce and Jeffrey and Jeffrey's little brother, David. And Joyce tells Jeffrey... like, Is this in Milwaukee? No, this is in Ohio. Joyce tells Jeffrey, I'm taking David and I'm going to go live with my family in Wisconsin. Just David. Yeah, because Jeff is 18. Oh. Um, Okay. 18, 1978. So she's like, yep, so... And don't tell your father where we're going because they have this protective order. And he's like, bye. And so Jeff is alone in this house. He's alone. He's 18. He's just graduated from high school. I can't imagine that he has a lot going on. So Um, he just owns the house? He's not trying to sell it? (coughs) Well, no, just no one lives with him. Like, Lionel moves back in later when he finds out Joyce has moved out. Weird. Because, you know, there's no restraining order. Or there's oh, no yeah, yeah, distance yeah. anymore. She's not there. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Jeffrey Dahmer's 18. Three weeks after his graduation is when he commits this murder. And wow. what he is, is he's driving around and there's a hitchhiker. And he oh, yeah. had actually had a fantasy of a hitchhiker. So he yeah. took this guy in his car and was like, why don't you come over to my house and have a couple beers? And this guy apparently was trying to hitch a ride to a concert and was like, sure, I don't care. Like, probably really early for the concert anyway right so he has a couple beers and was like no really dude i should go and jeff's like no don't go and he's like yeah i'm gonna go and jeff hits him with one of his workout like dumbbells i thought that was like some sort of hookup no oh interesting no okay i thought there was something like that i mean he was probably jeff was probably infatuated with him yeah because the fantasy was there yeah because he was a chick but he, yep, killed him with, like, this, like, workout dumbbell thing. Ugh. And, um, yeah. He when does he dismembered the body. Oh, ew, um, fuck. All kinds of crazy stuff. So that fall, he started um, attending classes at OSU oh. and dropped out because his alcoholism kicked back in. And then he asked his dad if he could move back in with him, and he did in back in Ohio. And his dad was like, well, you got to join 
the army. I think it's the army. I don't think it was. The, yeah, it's in the army. Um, so he served in the army. He was stationed in San Antonio. He was stationed in West Germany. And oh my God, what year was this? This was in 79. Yeah. In oh, West okay. Germany. Fuck. So he... That's where my dad was stationed, but, like, my dad was there, like, 10 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Two soldiers attest to having been raped by Dahmer while in the <gasps> army. No. Yes. Fuck. Okay. Messed up. And apparently because of Dahmer's alcohol abuse, um, his performance in the army deteriorated. So, like, they told superiors, and I guess nothing really happened. Yeah. That's really um, which strange was kind of because, the late seventies culture. Yeah, but I like think. the army is like very anti-gay. I know, but I think that's almost part of like not addressing it. You know, true. Like, like ignorance is bliss. Yeah, like ignoring those people and being like, nope, it doesn't exist, and you, nothing happened Fuck. to you, okay. even though it's like this horrible thing that's happened to them. So, um, his performance in the army deteriorates. He gets. He's, he gets discharged, but it's an honorable discharge. What? And he, they give him a plane ticket when they, he gets back to the States and are like, where do you want to go? And he goes to Florida and gets evicted from his motel eventually because he's working at a sandwich shop and he like isn't paying this motel anymore. So then he calls dad and is like, can I come back to Ohio? And he does. But by now, dad has a girlfriend and they want him to help around the house. And he's like, I'm not down with that. And I don't want to do the dishes i don't want to do it and i only use paper plates why should i have to clean these (laughs) right so i think he goes back to west dallas oh god Haley. Mm. what i didn't read this before this is such a a small note um shortly before losing his job whatever job oh he worked at the milwaukee blood plasma center how apropos for a fucking serial killer um, but before he <laughs> lost this job, he was arrested for indecent exposure in 1982 at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. He was exposing himself to a crowd of 25 women and children. Uh, what the at camp. fuck? <laughs> Dude is insane. In the pig barn or what? <laughs> in the pig barn? It doesn't get that specific. Shit. Yeah, then he has, like, this smattering well, of, like... Remember last year, there was a couple that got arrested for that because they were having sex in the cow coliseum? In the coliseum, yeah. That was, like, grade A That trashy. was so bad. Really, really That's bad. That's grade A Miller lights all day. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. <laughs> so... So funny, though. God, Sorry. he's got so... So he has so many victims, and he's doing... So he's doing, back in Milwaukee. Yes, he's in okay. Milwaukee. He's worked at the Blood Center. He's okay. At the freaking state fair. I passed fair. out there. This, at the Blood Center? Girl, no. Don't he's, do it. It's not worth the $80. It, no. Hell no. So he's just got all these victims, and he's working in Milwaukee, and I don't really care to talk more about it. If you want the gory details of all the victims, listen to a different podcast, because I'm out here about influencers. But actually, listen to my segment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's some gory shit in mine. Gross. Well, it's not too gory. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's not that bad. Um, are you going to talk about Mad Planet? I am. So apparently Jeffrey Dahmer picked people up. 
At the bar, we frequent it. And I don't know if any of those ended in murder. I assume I think so. Everything did, but I don't. There's well, nothing. That was the way. There's you did no it. information. There's no information online about it. It was word of mouth. If we're gonna question Is- Backdurf, we're gonna question. I think it was Lucas Jackson who told me. Okay, that is not a credible source. But <laughs> freaking burn. Is Mad Planet considered a gay bar? No. Well, oh. But I feel like there's a lot of LGBTQ. But that's cuz it's in River West, members. which is just kind of like I feel like they what they do oh, at nice. Mad Planet is they embrace counterculture. That's fine. like Whatever, like this punk movement that Backdurf was a part of, Yo, that would be at Mad Planet. I can see every every guy with Liberty Spikes belongs at Mad Planet. Yeah, like and he he fits with the interior design. And just kind of attracts misfits and people of all ages and all identities. And I wouldn't say it's a gay bar, but it's definitely a place where LGBT. Mm-hmm. people can well, that feel was, comfortable that was jeffrey's mo and i don't know if you wrote this down but he would go to a bar he would get drunk but like not too drunk obviously he'd pick up a guy bring him back to his house get that guy super drunk and on drugs mm-hmm. and then kill him or murder him and one guy he like didn't totally murder and he put like that antifreeze or windex he used windex or something put in his brain or something or whatever the messed up thing a lot of his victims so first of all a lot of his victims are i mean they're gay if they're coming back with him they're They're also minorities they're like hispanic men they're people of color they're black men i think he only gave one white man it was that first guy Oh, maybe. Yeah. But it's so messed up because, like, these people he's going for, honestly, they're not people the police are going to care about. Not, especially not in the 70s. Like, yeah. the, like they're, they're people that are not. They're not looking for that. They're not looking what for that. What is that called? Like, I don't know. It's probably the same reason, like, a lot of people go for prostitutes. It's like there's no one, like, a lot of serial killers do because yeah. it's like there's no one that's going to miss them. You know, like, there's no one who's waiting for them to come home at night or... I mean, you don't think there is. I mean, that isn't the case for everyone, but it's just, like, an easy target. You know? I... There's a term for it. Fuck. Like... Like, not people who won't be missed, but, like, people who won't be looked for. I don't know. There's a term for it, and I can't think of it, but... Yeah, that is a big reason that so many serial killers even, I mean, maybe even now, we don't know, are going undetected because they target people who don't matter to the police or to society. They don't have resources to be looked for. Like, there are mm -hmm. people who will, like, buy billboards for their missing kids and, like, pay to have them on stuff, but it's like, that's not everyone. Well, if a white person goes missing... There's this fucking scandal. If a sex worker goes missing, there it's oh she, she's probably off on a drug run or she's she's definitely just off on a binge, mm-hmm. and she'll come back or like, chances are she's probably or he has left before, and then that's always what the police say. Mm-hmm. And it's not that nobody cares for these people; their families care, mm-hmm. and no one's doing anything about it. Yeah anyway yeah and this well i don't know if you're gonna tell the story 
One of the last victims was a guy who Jeffrey brought home, did the normal, and then he thought that he was going to create a sex slave, like a zombie slave, mm-hmm. and injected his brain with something. And the guy woke up, went onto the street, and got the police, actually got a hold of two women, and they called the police and said, no, we're waiting for the police. I don't care what you're saying, Jeffrey, whatever. Like, what was it? Sorry, I'm backtracking. But Jeffrey went to, out to get beers and because he was, like, losing his drunk, and he needed to be drunk to kill mm-hmm. this guy. And then when he was gone, the guy leaves. And when he comes back from the liquor store, he sees him on the street with these mm-hmm. two women. And then the cops come, and he's such a charming, quote, handsome guy or whatever that, like, he says, oh, it's just a domestic dispute. Like, everything's And because fine. it was, like, a gay lover type situation, yeah. the police wanted nothing to do with it, even though this guy has, the escaped dude, has blood on his face. And part of, like, their reasoning for not, like, listening to him was, like, he's incoherent. Like, he couldn't even, like, say sentences. He was just so yeah, drunk. Because- We're just going to let Jeff take him back in and, like, you guys take care of it. We yeah. don't need to get well, the police involved. Even though they're asking. Gay. They're asking for the police to get involved. And the police are like, no, and you can figure this out. And women were advocating for them. Yeah. No, it's totally messed up. I actually read something. Back and killed them. I actually read something about those cops getting promoted within Milwaukee police. And after being, the fact? Yes, after the fact. They were in the force. They weren't. Nothing happened to them. I'm not mad. I mean, I am. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That was a big cheese curd. Cheese curd <laughs> um, I'll try to eat far away. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So, yes, so... Uh, my God. He How gets got. that, a reindeer? No, we have cute... My mom has cute decorations in this house. Jeff gets arrested. I don't know. These details are jail, he gets not killed. important. He gets shanked in the shower by two Bruh, dudes. Bruh, don't oh. spoil my okay, shit. Also, it wasn't in the shower, so... And it Jeez. wasn't a shanking. Fuck. Okay, but cut we, all this. I'm um, like a fraud. <laughs> So, yeah, basically, dude, um, yeah, dude gets arrested. He's being held in Wisconsin prison, gets charged and shit. Apparently, when he is incarcerated, um, he's being held in in basically solitary. They can't put him in general population Mm -hmm. because his crimes are so horrific. Like, people are looking to get this guy people don't want to be locked up with jeffrey dahmer first of all he's a male rapist so like already everyone's like freaking this dude's gotta go yeah um so jeffrey dahmer is pretty isolated in prison he's doing all those interviews with psychologists and police and And the the press, press getting it all and Eventually, he's like, I want to be in Gen Pop. Like, put me in with everyone else. He did? Yes. He he requested it. That's and suicide. Yes. While in general population, too, people said, like, he he would, like, shape his cafeteria food into human limbs <laughs> and would squirt ketchup all over it and, like, make a big deal that he was, like, cannibalizing that this is, food and eating the arm. Yeah. People said he did that that's shit. That's a joke, though. Like, he's doing that on purpose. Tag them. Yeah, but like no one thinks it's funny. You know, I do. Not these hardened prison criminals, Haley. Maybe you do. Alone, like 
Let him be a goofball. He's about to die. <laughs> eat his ketchup on him. Eat your fucking jokes on him. He's got to eat his mashed potatoes with ketchup on it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> deal with that shit. So, eventually, he meets his bitter end in prison. But I thought this was very interesting. Something that Durf wrote in his book was that Jeffrey Dahmer is a sympathetic character right up until the moment that he kills someone. Which I think is totally true. That's true a lot about a lot. Almost every serial killer. I know, but like, who said that? I've never heard that before. I mean, I guess no one's ever explicitly said it, but we all know it. I guess, but no one said it, and it really resonated with me. Okay. Like, I feel bad for him. Like, his life fucking sucks. He was that weird kid in school, and that his parents were crazy. I know. He's That's sympathetic until he kills. Then it's like, you're fucked up, dude. You're making all the bad choices. Yeah. Honestly, if you can't get a hold on this, like, it just, you know, it just shouldn't freaking be an option. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully people nowadays can get help and therapy mm-hmm. when they get when they turn eighteen and they get away from an abusive situation. Yes, everyone needs if therapy. And when. I get so pissed off. So the thing I said I was gonna get heated about was okay. His parents, Joyce and Lionel, have both gone on the record with press or whomever, and been like, "Jeff was normal. I didn't see any signs, and there was never." And it's like. You just told me the story about the fucking bones. Yes, like, and like you're that him being stupid. isolated in school, him being drunk in school. Like literally, I'm I'm just so irritated. Like you can't pretend things were fine because they fucking weren't. Not saying it's your fault that 17 men are dead, but you really fucking didn't do anything to make anything better. You know, you don't get to pretend yeah. that I was a good parent. I did everything I could for Jeffrey. No. You fucking didn't. You fucking left him on his own. And then he killed his first person. Not that when you leave a kid alone, they kill their first person. But it's like you... Mm. Y'all freaking I don't suck. know anything really about his parents. So I don't think I can speak on it. They're, they were just... I don't know. I wish they I weren't attentive. Them. They weren't attentive and... You know, whatever. That doesn't mean you make if, a murderer. Okay. But man... Tips for the listeners. If you have a kid and he's like 13 and he pees in the bed and he starts fires like all over the place. Picks up roadkill with his he bare picks hands. Up roadkill. He's like really into bones, but like not in a scientific way. Or if he's just isolated at school. Okay. No friends. Mm, I know. We had some weird kids at school. It's I know. Weird but to be is weird. that not... A cause for attention to I mean, be like, I mean, hey, let's fix this. Let's figure it out. Like killing small animals, but he wasn't killing them. He was picking up roadkill. Picking up roadkill. Sorry. Okay, if your kid displays those three signs, he needs to be at a fucking therapist. Yeah, but also if, but notice if your kid, if your kid, kid is no showing friends. up drunk to high school every day. But you know, I, I don't think that he didn't know. They didn't know. How do you? But how do you not realize? How do you not realize that? How do you not realize that your kid is shit faced when they come home? Or like, how do you not know. like? You know, like I just maybe I they didn't know. get home till six and he was sleeping. Maybe I just think it's I'm not ridiculous. Them, but I also don't think if your kid is weird, that doesn't mean that he's a serial killer. Or no, that it doesn't. Wrong. But you should pay attention. Definitely. You should try to help him. Definitely. You know. 
You yeah. got a weird kid, Actually, try to socialize them, you know? Yeah. Like, weird people end up being the fucking best. Tea. Half, Cheers. This, this is offensive. Cheers. But um, some of my fave Hope people that I've met lately. Oh, I got a drink. Ooh. Some of my fave people in my life right now. I'm so sorry. Um, they're a bunch of weird people who are homeschooled. You oh, obviously you Haley, but like <laughs> I've got a couple friends right now where I'm like these people are weird. I love them, and they're all like homeschool baby. What and the fuck? I've never liked a homeschool person. I love so many of them, and I think that they're <laughs> offended by the weird homeschool type, but they also know it's like really real. Yeah. Um. And they've overcome it. Yeah, and like that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. You got a weird kid. Get him to embrace it. You know, like there's, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just irritated at the whole thing. Cause I'm like, literally, first of all, obviously Jeffrey Dahmer's a fucking monster, but the also Milwaukee monster. no one fucking threw him a bone, which sucks. You know, it just sucks. Cause it's like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. if this guy Durf would have been his one friend and his one advocate at school. Yes. Maybe if he, if the teachers paid attention. So maybe, maybe the parents don't notice the, the drinking. attention. Before they recruited him. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe got did some kind of disciplinary action when those mm-hmm. two men accused him. Maybe then he wouldn't be out on the streets of Milwaukee mm-hmm. taking out. You know, like, there's so many things where it's like, people just fucking let this dude be, ins- be not, not insane, but, like, be a monster and slip through the cracks and be like, it's not really our problem. It's not really our problem. Yeah. You well, know? the people that knew him, knew about this, did that. And then the people, like he worked at Chocolate Shop, Chocolate Factory. Those people said he was totally normal. Like mm-hmm. those people he's, he worked with said he's a normal guy. He came, he did his shift, and he left. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's a big trait of a lot of serial killers is that they blend in mm-hmm. because they're sociopaths and they can fake and they know how. empathy and fake all these things that we think, well, that's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. And. You really kind of have to look deeper to see other stuff like that. I'm going to talk about the dude who killed him. That's the OG. Oh, sick. <laughs> Christopher well, Scarver, I, which I had But he's trouble. also a prisoner. <laughs> he is also so a prisoner. So I can't say sick, no, this but I dude, say okay. This dude did bad things. Um, okay. But he technically him. is the OG. Dang. Even though okay. it's like, well, he killed Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, what is the influence? He influenced Durf. Jeffrey Dahmer's death in prison is what made Durf write his My Friend Dahmer book. Like, hearing that Jeffrey Dahmer died really made Durf sad. And, all right, sad. my mom is snoring. He, it made him sad. He was like, you I feel like in here, right? Yes. <laughs> mom, stop. So, yeah, apparently when Christopher Scarver killed Jeffrey Dahmer, it made Durf very emotional. And I think it was mostly him reflecting on Jeffrey Dahmer that he knew and like just kind of like trying to put things together and fuck Durf oh my god get over it Haley I like Durf (laughs) I don't because why do he's a fucking bully and then he just gets to profit off of it you should read the book whatever read the book (laughs) read the book before you shit on Durf I I don't know what Durf did I think what he did was really impressive because first of all yeah, it was the 70s, and he was a jerk for, like, kind of egging Dahmer on. But he knows <laughs> the this. The 70s like, is you have to read. You Okay, but it's the standards of bullying are different than today. Okay, T. 
But, like, read the freaking book, Haley, because he literally talks about how he's like, yes, I was a freaking monster. And, yes, I didn't do anything for Jeffrey Dahmer in any kind of positive way. Like, you have to read it. He's very self-aware. And I think it's a good... I might read it. I think it's a good depiction, like, literally reading about how this guy interacted with Jeff and, like, what Jeffrey Dahmer was like. I'm like, I can pick people from our elementary school who fit this, like, not to a T, but, like, are the same vein of, like isolated and like lacking friends and stuff i thought it was very so far interesting yeah so far but we're only 22 we're only 23 yeah i think we have to wait till we're about 30 and then we'll see if they get caught you never know (gasps) back to christopher scarver the dude who killed jeffrey Dahmer. okay christopher scarver born july 6th 1969 is an american convicted murderer who is best known for his fatal assault on serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer at the Columbia Correctional Institute in 1994. How Um, did he kill him? I'll tell you. Okay. It's actually sickly poetic. Ooh, okay. So, first early life. Scarver is the second child of five children and was born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh. He attended James Madison High School before (gasps) dropping out in the 11th grade. They're good at forensics. Oh, shoot. I was like, do you know anyone who went there? I remember them. I just remember too. them being winners. Did they wear blazers? Were they that school? That was Marquette. Oh, yeah. Of course it was Marquette. <laughs> uh, eventually, his mother forced him to leave the house because of his increasing alcoholism, much like Jeffrey. <sighs> but Jeffrey didn't get kicked out. Again, does that make a killer? No. Like, all this crazy shit that happens at home doesn't. But, but okay. it still bothers me. This guy's a killer, too. I know, but okay. like, that's the whole thing. Nature like, versus nurture. But they're, and they're. Well, that doesn't count. Their end thing ends up being very similar, but yeah, their natures, their nurtures are different, you know? Anyway, Scarver was hired as a trainee carpenter in Wisconsin Conservation Corps job program. He said that he had been promised by Edward Patz, a supervisor, that upon completion of his program, he would be hired full time. But the next day, Pratt's was dismissed. And as a result, Scarver's full-time position never materialized. So. Tough luck. When he finds out that he doesn't have this full-time job on June 1st, 1990, he went to work at the Wisconsin Conservation Corps and found Steve Lohman to be the new supervisor who had replaced Edward Pratt's. And so Scarver demanded this job. The job doesn't exist. Scarver demands money from this new supervisor Loman and Loman gave him 15 bucks and Scarver was so mad he shot him in the head and that's how he went to jail and at the same time he demanded money from the site manager John Fayan and according to authorities Scarver said do you think I'm kidding I need more money and kept shooting Loman's body the first <gasps> man he shot no. over until the site manager Fan wrote him a check for $3,000. And then Scarver ran away. What the Obviously, fuck? he was incarcerated right away. That doesn't... That's no... That's stupid. He gonna, was yeah, convicted and sentenced to life in prison and sent to the Columbia Correctional Institution in Portage, Wisconsin. Portage? In 1992. Good ski hill, Portage. Cascade. <laughs> <laughs> and well, my cousin's from Portage. Hell yeah, cuz... Cuzzo? While imprisoned, he complained of experiencing delusions and ended up being diagnosed with schizophrenia. So, but he hated Dahmer. 
So, on the morning of November 29, 1994, Scarborough was assigned to work detail with two other inmates, Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer. The detail included cleaning the prison gymnasium toilet. The prison gymnasium toilet. So he was in a bathroom, Thank not you. in the showers. I had a f- I just knew. <laughs> I knew it was in a bathroom. Because in my mind, I picture it with like weird tile floors. Sorry. Right. Like the tiny ones. Tiny tiles. Yeah. Tiny bathroom tiles. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. When <laughs> corrections officers left them unsupervised, yeah. Big Scarver mistake. beat the other two men with a metal bar Both? he had removed from a piece of exercise equipment in the prison weight room. Do you remember how Jeffrey Dahmer killed his first victim? With a bat. No, with a barbell. A workout <gasps> thing. Fuck. He was going to. The jogger, he was waiting with a baseball bat, but the hitchhiker was like a little like. So barbell. he killed Jesse too? He killed both of them. Why? Jeffrey Dahmer died on site, and Jesse, I guess, died later. So was it Two days a later. deliberate attack on Jeffrey, or was it just because he wanted to kill more? Scarver kept a copy of Dahmer's like crimes like a newspaper clipping in his mm. pocket and apparently mm. he pulled it out and was like did you do all of this is this true and like killed him apparently he felt victim like scarver was disgusted by the crimes also he has schizophrenia so who knows what he's seeing or how paranoid he is mm-hmm. probably very paranoid about being in the same building and working the same detail as Dahmer. scarver says later that the correction officers know that scarver knew that Scarver hated Dahmer, so he almost mm. wonders if they left him, if they did that detail on purpose and left them unsupervised. Yeah. It goes all you know? the way to the top. Because apparently he taunted a CO2 that had like some kind of lisp, like similar to the freaking interior decorator. Like oh my similar God. stuff where like I think he I'm was just kind of interior decorating too. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> so pretty much that's the tea. And That's then Scarver already had a life sentence for the first murder and how like cold it's and like calculated. It's like a flag on the play. Just do it. Hail Mary. Haley's turn. Okay. Here I am. It's me. It's October. I am a lit major and I am reading Frankenstein. Ooh. Well, I actually, I'm just reading Frankenstein for fun. I'm not doing it for anything. <laughs> And Frankenstein was written by a badass lady, Mary Shelley. Mm. You mm. know her? Oh, yes. Which, by the way, my mom thought was a man. Oh, like a reverse, like when, when women would write and give their books a male title. Yeah, like how bold of her to assume. <laughs> a boy named Mary. She doesn't listen because she doesn't know how to use um, anything. <laughs> I think it's a just a convenient excuse. But <laughs> anyway, Mary Shelley. She's very cool. She's super fucking, I guess some might say bohemian at the time. Um, but she had a really like a life of, oh, before I start, I always break the rules. <laughs> I only did two people because it got really long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, <sighs> Fuck a third one. I can't top these two. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm starting at the OG. This is our OG, Mary Shelley. Yes. She's very cool, despite a life of tragedy. Like, fully. You might 
touch on this later, but didn't she throw like awesome parties? No, I don't touch on it. But I believe it. I don't remember what the context was. Maybe okay. I'll look that up. Well, maybe you'll get uh, primed. Um, also had a really hot hubby. Hot ass piece of ass husband. Um, his name was Percy Shelley. He, Ooh. we'll get into it, but they're both OG dramatic English kids. And we all know the fucking type. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Tumblr as fuck, writing poetry in the fucking homeroom. Like, mm-hmm. get over yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, five seven five. We all can write a haiku. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, here's an example of her being a dramatic. Um, she reportedly lost her virginity in a graveyard. Yeah, to Percy. So, wow. Anyway. She's born August 30th, 1797 in London. 97 babies. <laughs> wow, the bi- Shelley. You were born in the bicentennial of her birth. Amazing. But not quite. Cece's birthday is April 11th. Um, she's an Aries. Um, Cece is. Okay. Uh, her father was a rich and politically connected man, William Godwin. He was a philosopher and a writer. And her mother was a famous feminist philosopher, Mary Wollstonecraft. Whoa, Wollstonecraft. Um, both literally and figuratively. Um, so her mom um, sadly died very soon after Mary's birth um, of infection which was a complication of birth, I guess. Because it's like fucking 1797 and they haven't perfected it. They're probably still doing like bloodletting and stuff. Shit, when did the yellow fever Let's make happen? you feel better yeah. by taking your blood away. Okay, so after her mom dies, I don't know exactly how what the timeline is like, but her dad remarries this woman named Mary Jane Claremont. And this lady, Mary, okay, it's very confusing. Mary is, this, her stepmom, Mary, um, did not appreciate Mary Shelley's close relationship with her father. um, Because after her mother died, who else did she have? Like, they, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So, Mary Claremont subsequently didn't really like Mary, her stepdaughter. Am I making sense? Yeah. Um, there were conflicting notes about education. So my sources were like biography.com and Wikipedia and Frankenstein, the novel. But um, basically, some people say that Mary, the stepmom, didn't, did not want Mary Shelley to have a formal education because she just didn't like her. <laughs> No so she sent her you. own daughter, Clara. It's <laughs> so petty. It's all so confusing because it's Mary Claire, Mary Jane Claremont, whose daughter's name is Claire Claremont. Like, what the fuck? Claire Claremont. Yeah. So anyway, her, Claire goes off to school. Mary does or doesn't. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, Wikipedia says she went to Scotland to be educated. But either way, her story is a lot like... Um, other f- famous writers that we've talked about, and that her father, her rich father, 
had an extensive library. Um, so, and he had smart people around all the time. So she participated in the library. She participated in discussion. She knew Ooh, these fucking intellectual discourse. Yeah, totally. Um, I wrote, she met her pretty man husband, Percy, <laughs> which is true. He is a pretty man. If I ever saw one, like skin is like glowing. Like I know uh, it's a portrait, you know but from like, like paintings. <laughs> yeah. Because I learned about him. Okay. So Percy was, so Mary's father, this guy, William Godwin, is like a famous philosopher and writer. Percy was like, I'm into this man. And so he said, be my mentor. I'll give you all this money. So mm-hmm. he said, fine. That's when Mary met Percy because Percy was there visiting Mary's father. Um, Percy later became a famous romantic poet who is very famous in his own right. Mm-hmm. This is how I kind of connected them in my lit class. I was like, Shelly. And they're at the same time. They're fucking married. Crazy. That's fun, Are though, that they weren't introduced as, like, a couple. You know, that they were allowed to have, like, their own art and stuff. Yeah, well, at the time that they met, Percy was, like, 21 or something, had a wife. He already and, had a wife? Yeah. And Harriet. Her name's Harriet. It's very complicated. Oh, I didn't write about But, and Mary Shelley was, like, a teenager, like, 15 or 16. Um, so... Percy came from a rich family that did not approve of his, quote, bohemian lifestyle. His family did not give him much money because he wanted to give it to the disadvantaged rather than, like, subscribe to his own family's ideals and, like, uh, places that they donated or whatever. Um, do- not donated. <laughs> I shouldn't say donated. Um, there's a scheme. There's schemes. He didn't subscribe to their <laughs> schemes. Um, apparently Percy and Mary, so Percy Shelley and Mary Shelley started meeting each other at Mary's dead mother's grave. Oh no. Is this where the graveyard <laughs> yes, and I, meeting comes like, in? Like so dramatic. And that's where they fell in love. Mm, she was about man. 17 and he was 22. And like I said, he had a fucking wife who was pregnant at the time. Yeah. How does that work back then? Like I thought that they that were didn't... married. Percy and Harriet. Yeah, but like, were you allowed to divorce people back then? Yes. Yeah. I don't fucking. I mean, obviously, you're not supposed to. Yeah. Um. It ended up being that Mary's dad started to disapprove of the relationship because Percy had promised him money for being a mentor, and he couldn't pay. <laughs> fucking Percy. <laughs> That bohemian bitch. I looked up his picture, <laughs> and you know what? I buy it. <laughs> so they ran away to France, and they took Mary Shelley's stepsister, Claire. Claire Claremont. So Claire was the homie, even though Claire's mom... Yeah, Claire was kind of the homie. But Claire's mom was not. So, yeah. I wrote, Percy had a wife who was prayers, which is true. And he left her behind, yep. but brought Mary and freaking yep. Claire. <sighs> Meanwhile, Percy, Mary, and Claire were on a crazy adventure by donkey, mule, carriage, and foot through war-torn France. Is this like French Revolution France or? Well, it's in like 
1717? What is that? In France? 1789 was the start of the French Revolution. Well, it's way before that. No, 18. Fucking. Okay, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> anyway, there was a war in France. Everything was like in was like disheveled, and they were like on fucking donkey, like Mary and fucking Joseph, but less. But noble. two Marys um, and one Joseph, who's already married, and Jesus is back home with I Harriet. My <laughs> so they ran out of money. <laughs> they have to go home. The but, lamest freaking ending. Yeah, that is the tea of the century. Mm-hmm. I ran out of money and I need to go home. <laughs> <laughs> to my wife and my child. Yeah, but at, uh, little did they know, Mary's pregnant. Mary Shelley's pregnant. Oh my God. Um, what a tangled web he's woven. Yes. I don't know if her dad knew this or not, but... Her dad was mad at them, whether it be because she was pregnant or because they fucking fled to France. Um, so when they got home, he wanted nothing to do with them, which is so weird because, like, they had that, like, great relationship. Mm-hmm. So she was like, you're kidding me. Um, meanwhile, Surprise to Pikachu. You're upset. Are you mad right now? This doesn't fit into my delusion. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Mary... Shelly is jealous. Okay, I don't talk about the other Mary at all, ever. Like, the stepmom. Okay. Never I talk about Mary from now on. It's Mary Shelly. Oh, yeah. uh, Mary was jealous of Percy. Well, because Percy had a new son from Harriet, his pregnant wife that he abandoned. And apparently, um, Percy might have also been fucking um, Mary's stepsister, Claire. I don't like Percy. Yeah, big dick. I mean, he's in like, a bad way. He reminds me of like, I don't know, like you, like he's a bitch. Have you ever seen like American Horror Story season one? Did you oh. ever watch that one? There's a character named Tate that everyone's like, oh, he's so good looking, but he's like, oh, Tate, I know. That he person. like shot up a school in Ew. the first season. Yeah, not. I mean, not seeing Percy, but like. But yeah, dude. dude just makes bad, creepy choices, and I'm not a fan. Well, that goes along with his bohemian lifestyle. It's like they preached about open love and all this shit. But don't like, get married then. I well, he's still married to Harriet at this. Point. I know, but don't get <laughs> married, dude. Well, um, I don't know. Like maybe that's not an option. Mary right? was part of it because she was with him, but also like she. As we see, like, she didn't totally approve. Like, she's jealous. So, she can't totally I think that's totally kind of how that these. free love kind of always goes. T. T, T, T. Okay. So, Mary gives birth to a baby girl who dies. Oh, my God. Um, Terrible. And then she later gives birth to a baby boy named William, who also dies. Um, like I said, is this common for the time to just I don't lose your know. first two? That's what I was wondering because the sites that I used kind of made it seem unusual because it, like it's a life of hardship and a life of like bad shit. But it is like eighteen, sixteen. Like people die. Yeah. I don't know. I sorry I didn't look up the stats. 
So this is where the good shit happens. Mm. In 1816, Mary Shelley, Percy Shelley. Well, her she's not Mary Shelley yet, by the way. She's mm. just Mary, whatever her, what's her dad's last name? Godwin. Um, and Claire. Mary, Percy, and Claire. They go to Lake Geneva. It's what's hey. To see Claire's boyfriend, Lord Byron, who's like a lord in the, like a fucking Britain or something. Do you want me to tell my mom to stop snoring? I can't hear. Okay. Can you? Oh, yeah, I can hear her now. Mom. <laughs> Mom. 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 <laughs> you gotta stop. Good night. Good night, Mom. Thanks for listening. Thanks for dreaming. <laughs> I'm the jerk. She's whispering now. I don't know. I can sleep. Bye. Bye, Mom. Okay, Sweet what dream. was I saying? Okay. And Lord but, Byron. Right? Lord Byron. Here, let's wait till the door closes. End cut. <laughs> okay. So they're in Lake Geneva, but this is the crazy part. It's the year without a summer. It's 1816. What? The eruption of Mount Tambora had just occurred. <gasps> I know. So the sky is gray. Mm-hmm. And it's not a no fucking sun. good summer to be on a lake vacation. Sounds terrible. Terrible summer. There's not much to do. The sun was away. It was behind the clouds. And it was cold and it was raining all the time. Even in Lake Geneva, Switzerland. Like, Bummer. stunning. Um, as she put it, quote, it, this is in her, from the intro of Frankenstein, by the way. <laughs> it proved a wet... Ungenial summer and incessant rain often confined us for days to the house. End quote. Obviously. <laughs> they entertained themselves with ghost stories that were translated from German to French. So obviously one of them knew French because they all spoke English. Um, so the tea of the century, they decided to have a writing contest. That's such a back then thing that it's, it's such a fucking okay it's not even that back then i can think of a f- couple fucking lit majors that i went to school with who would do this they would have writing contests yes. when they're completely all, like they're like around, summered in totally they don't have i mean but then back then it makes more sense I and mean, there's no fucking tv there's no cool podcast to listen to OG influencer. <laughs> um, so Lord Byron said, as Mary quotes in her intro, quote, we will each write a ghost story. Um, and in her intro again to Frankenstein, she says, quote, I busied myself to even think of a story, a story to rival those which has excited us to this task. So I'm about to read from the book, which... Historically, I, I really haven't been good at reading quotes in the pod. Like, I'm not 
fact. I just suck good at it. But I'll try really hard. Um, on her inspiration, she wrote, uh, quote, many and long were the conversations between Lord Byron and Shelley. Percy Shelley, she's talking about. To which I was a devout but nearly silent listener. During one of these, various philosophical doctrines were discussed, and among others, the nature of the principle of life, and whether there was any probability of its ever being discovered and communicated. Eh? T. Mm. Perhaps a course would be reanimated. Galvanism had a token had given token of such things. Perhaps the component of parts of a creature might be manufactured, brought together, and even endured with vital warmth. I like how she writes. Same. Got good voice. And it's not like, I don't know. I like it a lot. I agree with you. Um, I said, okay. Night waned upon this talk. This is a long quote, sorry. Night waned upon this talk, and even the witching hour had gone by before we retired to rest. When I placed my head on my pillow, I did not sleep, nor could I be said to think. My imagination, unbidden, possessed and guided me, gifted me the successive images that arose in my mind with a vividness far beyond the usual bounds of reverie. I saw with shut eyes but acute mental vision. I saw the pale student of unhallowed arts kneeling beside the thing he had put together. I saw the hideous phantasm of a man stretch out and then on the working of some powerful engine show signs of life and stir with uneasy Half vital motion. Ah. Snaps. Um, so, fuck. <laughs> Let's talk about Frankenstein, people. I've been reading this book. It's very good. It's um, a 19th century book, actually. I studied 18th century novels this past semester. Um, in spring of 2019. Mm. But it kind of has some similarities, so I think I can talk on it. Anyway, this book, we're going to talk about Frankenstein now. Mm -hmm. This book is written in 1816, and she finished it in 1817, and it was released on January 1st of 1818. Mm -hmm. Um, She published it anonymously, as we see with many women writers. Um, In the, there was like an intro or something that was written by Percy. Whatever. And then the second edition was credited her as the author, which is, I find Good. so funny. It's like, wouldn't it be fucking nice to release something without your name on it? And then if it does well, like, then you can claim ownership. Oh my God. <laughs> Not just, like, I don't know, man. I just think that's wild. What if some dude swept in and was like, yeah, I wrote this, you know? Well, like, there is room for like, Skepticism. Um, So, I'm going to cover the plot now. Is that cool with you? Yeah. It's not too long. I think people know. I mean, I would be surprised if you've never read the book or seen any of the Frankenstein movies or retellings. Mm -hmm. Or heard the monster mash. Like, don't think... (sighs) The monster mash. (laughs) Okay. Um, The book is written in epistolary form. Which is not unlike many of the 18th century novels that I studied, even though this is a 19th century novel, early 19th century. So I would argue like the style is consistent. 
Um, this means that the narrative is portrayed through a series of documents, like letters or diary entries. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was letters. Um, other examples, I talked about Pamela, I think, before on the podcast. Um, Clarissa, which is famous. Dracula, I talk, and Bridget Jones' Diary. Oh, being like letter format exactly. Um, and I other, just read Perks of Being a Wallflower. Exactly. I was gonna ask you if you can think of anything else because it's a lot of other movies that kind of begin like that, like ah, you know, like writing in a diary, and then they end up being the narrator. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's kind of a fun beginning. Again, I'm reading it, but I'm not done with it. But I know what happens. Okay. Um, it begins with the captain of a ship. He's exploring the North Pole, and he picks up an emaciated man, Victor Frankenstein. Mm. And nerds will constantly say, like, ah, the doctor was named Frankenstein, and the and it's Frankenstein's monster. He doesn't have a name. Mm-hmm. So that is the case in this podcast right now. I'm not going to be a fucking cringe fest about it. There's like a big argument though that Frankenstein is just a fine way of referring to the monster. I guess so. Like I heard in convincing this case, arguments. When I say Frankenstein, I mean Dr. Victor Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. The doctor. When I say the creature or the monster, I mean the monster he created. I, think, I mean, I think that's the popular opinion. Yeah. But I heard something really... I can see that. Like, it was, but of course, it was, like, some meta thing where it's, like, what separates the creator from, like, you know, there was... Oh, my God. I can't talk about that right now. (laughs) Yeah, you're done. So, anyway, the captain (laughs) picks up an emaciated man in the fucking North Pole. He's Victor Frankenstein. Frankenstein tells his story to the captain, and these letters are the documentation of the story written by the captain to the captain's sister, who... The captain's sister has no fucking role in this at all. <laughs> Frankenstein explains his childhood and how he was encouraged to study chemistry. Um, he notes that his parents adopted an orphan, Elizabeth, who he falls in love with. Which weird. is like such a weird thing that people like were doing. Like incest almost. But like not really because they're like stuck. Like, she's adopted, but still. Would do that with his adopted daughter? But remember Elizabeth, because we meet her again later. Um, His other adopted orphan sister becomes his nanny, Justine. Um, His mom dies. Victor Frankenstein's mom dies. And he's so sad, he focuses all his attention on studying at university. Um, And he studies chemistry. He develops a technique to impart life to non-living matter. And he... He has the idea to create a humanoid, a.k.a. the monster. Um, he only selects beautiful body parts to create the monster. However, Buffalo he's like, disappointed when he really creates it. Um, I'm going to read from the book now. Because where do you just get, like, body parts? Tea. The morgue. Um... In Mary Shelley's book, Frankenstein, <laughs> it says, I collected bones from Charnel, houses and disturbed, with profane fingers, the tremendous secrets of the human frame. In a solitary chamber, or rather cell, 
at the top of the house and separated from all the other apartments by a gallery and staircase, I kept my workshop of filthy creation. Okay. Um, so he's getting his body parts from other, lots of weird places. He also says, quote, I dabbled among, among the unhallowed damps of the grave, a.k.a. he's digging up bodies like grave robbing to create this monster. But like I said, he's only selecting the beautiful body parts. The least decayed. Yeah. Fingers. Um, and then he animates the body. It was already one in the morning. <laughs> Amateur, it's 2 a.m. right now. Okay, this is a quote. Quote, it was already one in the morning. The rain pattered dismally against the panes, and my candle was nearly burnt out. When, by the glimmer of the half-extinguished light, I saw the dull yellow eye of the creature open. It breathed hard, and a convulsive motion agitated its limbs. <sighs> it's the beginning of Frankenstein's monster. Okay, but Victor Frankenstein, it's a bitch. He gets scared and he runs away. He runs out of his fucking laboratory because he's afraid of the monster that he created. So when he comes back, the monster has escaped. Classic. This is when it's like a classic, like, old-ass, like, novel where just so much shit happens. This is a lot of random shit. I tried to keep just the important shit. Okay. Uh, So when he comes back to his house, the monster is gone. He has escaped. Mm. Shocking. Months later, he hears from his dad that his brother has been murdered. Ah. He travels to Geneva, where, by the way, Mary Shelley wrote this story. Mm. And he, when he is arriving, he catches a glimpse of the monster climbing a mountain. So that's some tea for you. Didn't go so, after him? Uh, no. Not not um, instantly. So he, as soon as he sees that monster climbing the mountain, he instantly knows that the monster is responsible for killing his brother. But his nanny, Justine, is convicted because in her pocket she has um, her his brother's locket. That yeah. he had a picture of their their mother in. So it's like... I uh, love that old justice system. Yeah. Gotta love it. So Justine is killed. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Because Victor Frankenstein can't prove anything. Because he's like, who's going to fucking believe me that I created a monster? Yeah. Um, so Victor Frankenstein runs to the mountains to find the creature who has been living in the mountains and learning to speak and read. Self-education? He's kind of been, like, stalking the family in the mountains and, like, learning behind the rack. Anyway. Takes hard work. I know. So, the monster threatens to kill Frankenstein's friends and family if he does not make him a female companion. Mm. Which, by the way... He's lonely. Yeah. The Bride of Frankenstein, I saw it on 35mm. Ooh. That was the best film experience of my life. And I got to say, it's one of my favorite movies because of that. Damn. I love that movie. Anyway. um, So he wants a female companion. And at first, Victor Frankenstein says yes. But then he realizes the two could be very powerful together and could breed and overtake the human race. 
So Victor Frankenstein fucking runs away again. So just build the monster without reproductive organs. Like, yeah. Is that a key wow. component? Good fucking point. Victor. Dude. Victor. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so Frankenstein and his fucking sister, Elizabeth, are set to be married. But the monster had previously warned Victor that when he ran away, he was like, I'll see you on your wedding night. Like, as a threat. Like, you're not going to make me fucking female companion. I'll see you in your wedding night. Um, Victor leaves Elizabeth in... This is the night of their wedding. Before they're even married. Victor leaves Elizabeth to hide in their room and sets out with weapons to find the creature and kill him. But when he leaves, the monster kills Elizabeth. I fucking saw that coming. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Victor's, like, looking through a window and the monster is, like, taunting him. Through the window and pointing at her corpse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So funny. Um, And so Victor sees this and tries to shoot the monster, but he misses. Tough titty. Then Victor Frankenstein's dad dies of grief because his daughter Elizabeth has died. (laughs) And so Victor Frankenstein has like literally no one left. Like, the monster has killed, by some way, everyone in his life. Um, And he chases the monster to the North Pole. I remember that scene. Okay. So, this is the end of the book. This is back at the present. Captain needs to head south because of the weather. But Victor is trying to, like, convince him not to go south. He's like, guys, we need to rally. They're like, nah, we need to go south. And Victor's like, whatever, I have shit to do. Um, so he stays behind and he dies. Um, like shortly after he declares that. Um, but then, so they have the corpse. They have Victor Frankenstein's corpse. But the captain discovers the creature, the monster that he created, on the ship mourning Victor Frankenstein's body. How does this creature just keep popping up? I'm like so impressed at its tracking skills. <laughs> I'm so impressed. Victor, you know what? He died a bad death, but he did a really good job with the monster. <laughs> he was like a really good scientist. He was. He did a good Even job. Even though it was ugly, like, you need some tweaking, but you're almost there. Should have just given him a lady and just left out the fucking well, Like, come Have on. you seen The Bride of Frankenstein? No. Okay, I'm not going to spoil that one for the listeners. <laughs> so old, old movie. So he's mourning Frankenstein's body. And the creature tells Captain Walton that Victor's death has not brought him peace, but rather his crimes have left him completely alone. Just like Victor. Yeah. They are the same. You're allowed to call them both Frankenstein. Fuck. Okay. (laughs) I'm not getting into it. (laughs) Okay. The creature vows to kill himself so that no others will ever know of his existence. And then Captain Walton watches as the creature drifts away on an ice raft that is soon, quote, lost in darkness and distance, never to be seen again. And that's all of Frankenstein. Amazing. So you don't have to read it. Mary Shelley wrote all that shit. Yep. Well, at the beginning in the fucking Lake Geneva, it was like a short story. And then she expanded. Yeah. And, made and it then full Percy and- actually, like, 
encouraged her to expand it. So we love the support of Bobby. Any credit. By the way, I don't think I mentioned this, but like when they got home from Geneva, Harriet died by suicide, and then they got married. Like three weeks later. I hate Percy. I don't like him. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck it. Sad boy. I think I know I've told you this because we got drunk and I was like, I couldn't contain my excitement. But um, who do you think of when you think of like grave robbing? Eggie. It's Eggie. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Here's another Wisconsin killer. Home fucking state here all day. OG baddie. I just had to talk about him. I want to know more about him, honestly. Do you I not? I don't know much. Okay. I just know he made deep. lamps out of people. Well, that's just a tiny bit of his creativity. Tip of the mind. iceberg. Um, he's actually not considered a serial killer because he's only killed two people that have been What's killed. the cutoff? Three? I guess, yeah, it's literally three. <laughs> um, he's suspected of killing three people, which we will get into. Mm, maybe he withheld that bit just didn't want to make the the list okay <laughs> ed gein our man he's, he's not our man so we don't support him but he's pretty interesting he is not an attractive person not that you need to be but i remember him his looks freaking me out a little bit ed gein i have a fucking personal story about this that i'll get into later Ed Gein is born August 27, 1906 in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Oh, he's scary. He's, he, uh, when he got arrested, he's kind of creepy. So creepy. So, Ed Gein, yeah, he's born in 1906, which is a long fucking time ago, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. His dad was a raging alcoholic, and uh, his dad... His, his dad's entire family had died in a flood when he was a young boy. So it's like, uh, we're sympathetic towards the dad because people would say to him, like, you should have died with your family. Like, why are, like, why are you here and they're not? Mm-hmm. That's Ed Gein's dad. Um, and his mother was an overbearing, um, fervently religious, and all-around crazy woman who fully controlled her son's lives. And um, she owned a grocery store. She was a businesswoman. Actually, a pretty good businesswoman. It was a very successful grocery store. Yeah, in La Crosse. Ed worshipped his mother. He loved his mother more than anyone should ever love their mother. What is Ed Gein's timeline? Is this pre-Psycho? Psycho the movie? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if this is the Norma Bates. Uh, yeah, love. It is some love story. Kind of. <laughs> so Ed, he worked with his mother. He was a very weird person. Like when he was young and stuff, he didn't have any friends. He laughed like people would regard that he like laughed to himself, like he was like laughing at his own jokes or something. And but he also generally kept to himself. Mm-hmm. So, like, people would say, like, oh, Ed Gein, he's an oddball. But they're not afraid of him because he was, like, not scary. Like, he's skinny. He's meek. Mm-hmm. Like, he keeps to himself. He's not, like, a maniac. And honestly, even till the end, he's not a maniac. 
He's like, oh, why did he kill those two people? It wasn't manic. It was in a fucking relaxed sort of way. Ugh. Yeah. Let's hear about it. So, uh, one of his earliest memories, he says, is he recalls entering an outbuilding outside of the grocery store when he was young. Uh, when he walked in, he saw a slaughtered hog being slit open by his mother and father, who were butchering it for the grocery store. God, I'd hope that's what they were doing with it. That is what they were doing. They owned a grocery store, so it was normal. But that's not like a thing that a, a kid should see. And actually, tea. Tea. Apparently, this happened to me. We've talked about this before on this podcast. We have? Yes, because I walked in on my dad skinning a raccoon once, and it freaked me out a lot. Was it on the podcast? It was. Oh, I walked... My dad brought me to some fucking deer place. Yeah. Which we'll get into. Yeah. Anyway. uh, He said he remembered this for the rest of his life, like as if it were yesterday. Um, so later, Augusta, his mother, that's her name, decided that the entire family would move to Plainfield, Wisconsin. The Plainfield Ghoul. That's what they called him. Oh, I didn't know that. Just like the Milwaukee monster. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he, she said, we're going to be farmers and we're moving because her opinion matters and the... Father's doesn't because he's an alcoholic and he doesn't really have a job. He can't keep a job. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> uh, this is the home, the farmhouse, the place where Ed would do all of his deeds. Have you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah. No, I haven't. Okay. That's how I picture this farmhouse. Cut that. <laughs> um, he inspired like. I think it was that. He probably did. I forget what they With called the, the killer in there. It's like bloody, not bloody face. Leatherface. Leatherface. Yep, he inspired that. Mm-hmm. Which it was going to be my next person, but it's because I landed too. Anyway. Oh, he was going to be your, <laughs> like your fictional yeah. character OG. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Ed spent all of his time doing chores on the farm, and his mother made sure to reserve Time every day to read to both of her sons, which, by the way, he had a brother named Henry. Mm. Um, read to both of her sons from the Bible. And she preached about the evils of drinking and her belief that all women, except herself, were naturally promiscuous and instruments of the devil. Every single woman was a hussy, was a whore. If you talk to a woman, you're sinning. You think about that, she's isolating them from her father, who's an alcoholic. She's isolating them from all the women. You know, like, that's so manipulative. That's not human at all. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's manipulative. So this was his whole life, was working on the farm and listening to his mother, who he adored. He trusted, and she was saying this latent bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um and this wasn't like when he, when he was like 12. Like literally, this was until he was old. Like they were in their 30s and they still listened to her spew this bullshit at them every night. Her, him and his brother Henry. Um, Did Henry turn out all right? Do we know anything about well, him? Well, we'll find out. So 
Um, Ed is obsessed with his mother. Like I said, he's too close to her. And she preached hate on women and, like, normal human thoughts and life. Like, she just preached hate on. Like, there's no chance of ever having sex. Like, there's no way. And actually, Augusta only ever had sex for reproduction, apparently. Which I guess I believe because she's such a woman hater. (laughs) So when Ed's 34, his father died. And like I said, up to this point, they're still doing the same routine every day. Which, by the way, I don't know if it's abnormal or not because even in Wisconsin now, like a lot of farms, families all live on the farm. Mm -hmm. However, you live on the property in your own house with your own family. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're not 34-year-old bachelor mm-hmm. with mom and dad. But it is like 1940. I don't know what it was like. And honestly, I do know a couple people at church who like would do that, who are doing that. Would still live with their parents. But be and be single and mm-hmm. yeah. That seems unusual for the 40s though. You think? I think so. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But anyway, I mean, it's it's fucking weird anyway. Yeah. He's 34. And his brother still lives there too. And he's older than him. Um. So when, like I said, when Ed was 34, his father George died. And then Ed needed to find jobs to cover for the loss of like money, the little money that George brought in. So Ed Keen was a babysitter. And a handyman. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine? No. Well, him again, in people of a were like, "This guy's meek. This guy's weak. He's harmless. Like he's just weird." I feel like we'll it's so dangerous kids. to like look at someone and be like, "Oh, they're harmless." Yes, totally. Um. So four years after his father's death, another death in the family occurred. Some, including myself, argue that this is Ed's first murder. His own brother. Henry. Yes, Henry. Um, so here's what happened. According to Ed, they were burning brush on the farm, and it got out of control, and he lost his brother in the flames. Like, physically, like, lost him. Like, I can't, I don't know where he is. However, when the firefighters arrived, he walked them straight to Henry's body. Which, by the way, was unburned and uninjured. Yeah, bullshit. What? So the body's unburned. He says he couldn't find him, but he says, here's the body. And they say, thought you couldn't find him. He said, funny how that works. That was a quote. He said, funny how that works. My brother's dead. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. So, I mean, I mean, obviously, like, it's easy to say this is your murder. Like, you murdered him. Um, the police ruled the death an asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. From Did I say that right? Fire from smoke. From the fire. From, yeah. From someone's hands. Hey. Strangulation. No, I think it was. I mean, it was from the fire, obviously, because they didn't investigate Ed. How'd that be a murder then? Did he like hold his face in the? Well, he could have strangled them. But we don't know yeah. what kind of investigation happened. Yeah. Um, so honestly, 
the fact that Henry's dead makes Gein feel free. He's like, finally, I'm, I'm able to be boy. alone with my mother who I love and adore. Oh, he is Norman Bates. Yeah. Well, I think he inspired that. Um, however, Augusta is becoming more and more ill, both from old age and mourning the loss of her son, Henry. So she dies, actually, less than a year after Henry. Um, Ed was very happy, though, like, um, serving her on her deathbed and stuff like that. Like, he loved that. Um, now Ed is truly alone in the world and in his farmhouse. So, this Let is when he games took... Begin. Yeah, he should not be alone, this guy. Because of his mother controlling him, and now that she's not there... There's no one to control him. This is when Ed took to memorializing his mother. He boarded up all of the rooms that she used, physically, like, boarded. Um, the upstairs, the parlor, the living room, and her bedroom. Boarded up, where they remained pristine to the moment that investigators opened them, and they found them dusty and exactly how Augusta had left them. Is, did you know this? this? How big is this farmhouse that you it's can afford? It's pretty big. It's a you big place. You can afford place. to lock off those like three or four rooms? Well, he lived in a small little room next to the kitchen. And it the rest of the house was disgusting. Ew. Yeah. But yeah, did you know that about him? Like he had boarded that up? Yeah. It's creepy and weird. He was memorializing his mother. So yeah, that part of the house remained pristine. Just so fucking creepy. Um, this is when the crimes began. So, the first person he killed, confirmed killed, not Henry, but this woman named Mary Hogan. She's a, uh, the owner of a local bar, and he was actually at the bar having drinks the night that she was murdered. He shot her and took her home and used all the body parts that he could for whatever he wanted to use them for. And he got rid of the other ones that he didn't want, uh, which investigators later discovered. So the second murder, this is how he was caught. So he was messy about it. And it's a very scary, like, so fucking scary. Which, by the way, like, he's not a serial killer. He doesn't know how to kill people. That's why he was messy about it. Mm -hmm. The Plainfield hardware store owner, Bernice Warden, had disappeared for the entire day. Many believing it was because it was deer hunting season. Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh, the family's out deer hunting. Which, by the way, Ed Keen did not deer hunt. He was sympathetic towards animals. He didn't deer hunt. And people thought he was a fucking freak for that because we're in Wisconsin. Like, everybody deer hunts. What? In, in 1940. What goes on where you value yeah, deer over don't people? Know. Don't know. So, uh, but her son, so Bernice Warden's son, Deputy, Deputy Sheriff Frank Warden, he knew that she was supposed to be there. Um, so he entered the store and the register was open and there was a trail of blood on the floor. A sales slip was written by Bernice for a gallon of antifreeze sold to Ed Gein. Wow, sloppy. Yeah, fucking 
easy shit. So uh, immediately, Ed's arrested, and the investigation began at his house. This is the disgusting part, but I want to list it. I'm sorry. I already know what you're doing. Do it. They found... Oh, this is so bad. This is a trigger warning. They found Bernice Warden's body. By the way, her son is there because he's the sheriff. They found her body hung upside down by her legs in the shed dressed like a deer. Dressed like a deer? Like cut open like a deer. Yeah. She was shot and she was mutated. Mutilated. Mutated like a fucking Ninja Turtle. Um, mutilated after her death. This was only the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is a list of things that they found in the house, which is so crazy. I just had to fucking list it. This is from Wikipedia. Human bones, obviously. Mm-hmm. A wastebasket made of skin. Chairs upholstered in human skin. Skulls on his bedpost. Bowls made of skulls, which I know Jeffrey Dahmer did. Like bowls. That you would, like, eat soup out of. Um, a corset made from a, hu- a female torso. Leggings made of human leg skin. Masks of human he- of female heads. Mary Hogan. Her face was in a paper bag. And her skull was in a box. It's I know it's bad. I'm sorry. Cece's face is, like, she wants to faint. And this house smells like the... Worst smell, probably. I don't know. Bernice Warden's entire head was in a sack. Her heart was in a bag on the stove. Nine vulvas, like full vulvas, were in a shoebox. The famous nipple belt. Four noses. He took lips and he used them as a window shade drawstring. Like... Is he just, like, looking at these dead bodies like, that looks like a window shade drawstring. Like, what the fuck? How do you... Here's what you knew. A lampshade made of a human face and fingernails. And here's my dark joke that I made I talked to you about. It's all in the name of fashion and interior design. Like, I'm off. (laughs) But what the fuck, Ed Gein? What is this style called? Like <laughs> the human race mortician. <laughs> um, I like tan lighting. <laughs> Ew. Okay. Ew. All of the artifacts were photographed at the state crime lab and then destroyed. Aren't they on the internet though? Or are those like? Well, there's some photos of like what the fuck happened there. But, like, like, I swear to God, I've seen a picture of, like, a bunch of faces on... Yeah. I mean... Some stuff. When the investigators did the initial search, they did it, and then they collected it, took it to the state lab. Okay, so where did he get all these fucking bodies if he only killed two people? Just like Dr. Victor Frankenstein, he visited local graveyards and exhumed recently buried bodies. That's where he got the nine vulvas from. Yes. What the fuck? That is like so. Yeah, I, yeah. Like he, rotting people. Like, oh my god. He also claimed to have been in a dazed state when he did all this. So sometimes he would wake up in the middle of the dazed state and leave the cemetery empty-handed. Like he would be like, "Holy shit, what the fuck am I doing?" 
bury the person again, then leave. And other times, he would dig the graves of middle-aged women he thought resembled his mother. Uh, again, he claims this is in a dazed state. And he took the bodies home to make his craft, his DIY shit. So soon after his mother's death, he claims that he wanted to create a woman's suit so that, quote, he could become his mother to literally crawl into her skin. This is psycho. Yes. He is. The- but again, he's not a maniac. This is like... He's not going mad, like physically. So weird. So, but Gein denied having sex with the bodies, explaining, quote, they smelled too bad. So he didn't so participate. So he has one standard. Yeah. He wasn't a necrophile. But put them in his house. Also, he never ate humans like Jeffrey Dahmer did. Um, it's a myth that people would talk, would say like he ate humans, but there's no proof of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the trial, Gein was diagnosed with schizophrenia and found mentally incompetent and unfit for trial. Um, he lived in the Dodge Correctional Institution and he later went to the Mendota State Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm. Today when I was fucking, okay, so when I was driving around, I was listening to the, here's my, it's one of my sources, the last podcast on the left series about Ed Gein. It's a three-part series. It's very good. It's very detailed. Mm-hmm. Like, they do so much research. It's very cool. Um, but I was driving and I swear to God, have you ever heard of Plainfield? We're from Wisconsin. I've only ever heard no, of it. Only in Ed. relation to Ed Gein. Yeah. I saw a semi-truck which was not just driving past me, but um parked on the side of the road, like, pulled over. It said Plainfield. It's a sign. Like, Plainfield trucking. I was like, is Ed fucking Gein really trying to talk to me right now? Creepy, right? Put me on your podcast, Haley. That's what he's saying. And here's the tea of it all. Spill it. This is my hometown. And it's about Ed Gein and about my Grandpa Ted. What? My Grandpa Ted was in Plainfield... When Ed Gein was arrested, that weekend it was opening deer hunting, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. This is a story from my grandpa, literally from my grandpa. This is what happened to him. It's like the, when he, what the fuck, when was he fucking arrested? I'm sorry, I didn't look it up. No, 1957. My mm-hmm. grandpa's around 20. He's in Plainfield deer hunting and they're at a diner and Ed Gein is there alone and my either my grandpa or Ed Gein one or the other said hey can I borrow that paper he talked to Ed Gein that weekend and then I don't know this is unconfirmed but he may have said like they went to the hardware store and he might have been one of the last people to see this woman alive that he killed Bernice and then later when they got home they saw the blown up photo of Ed Gein being arrested in his flannel hat and he said what the fuck that's the guy from the diner this is my grandpa Ted's fucking like story that's crazy. that happened in Plainfield when he was deer hunting isn't that crazy the weekend that he got arrested I mean someone has to my grandpa was one of the last people to interact with Ed Gein 
Well, what happened to him when he got arrested? Did he die right away, or was he incarcerated well, he was, for a while? No, he went to the correctional facilities mm-hmm. forever, and then he died there. Of old age? Mm-hmm. Wild. Insane. No one went after him for with gym equipment. <laughs> no, no one killed him because he couldn't be killed. He was in a correctional facility. That's where Jeffrey Dahmer was. No, well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. A mental institution. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. Not a correctional facility. He was in. Let me read it again. He went to Dodge Correctional Institution, and then Mendota State Hospital. Okay. So, sorry about that. And by the way, I think I remember like a, my favorite murder hometown, where like they were like trick or treating and they like they like saw Ed Gein or something, which is interesting. I remember a hometown, my favorite murder, about someone who knew some guy who was in army, in the army, and like, it had to have been someone's husband or uncle or grandpa or someone, but they enrolled in the army and they like were about to go on their bunk. They're like, oh yeah, the dude who was in that bunk before you, fucking weird. And it was Jeffrey Dahmer who no. was who had the bunk before him. Yeah, just like a weird, weird thing right, dude. sleeping in the same thing and everyone's that like yeah dude watch out that's a weirdo's bed good luck yeah that's so that's the story of Mary Shelley and Ed Gein they got pretty long so I just kept it at that it's okay honestly though I'm, like is like did Hitchcock look yes. at Ed Gein and was like psycho yes. Leatherface is inspired by Ed Gein mm-hmm. and Something about Norman Bates, I also read. Which, what I think we'll have another one out in October, and I have an idea of what I'm gonna do. Hell yeah, brother. maybe we can both of us can do it. Maybe we shouldn't say it on the podcast. Yeah, we'll keep them guessing because it's kind of in your field, in your arena. Mm. Yeah, mm. very cool. Anyway, that's that's what we had for you today. I hope it was worth the wait. Yeah, so it will be heavy, heavily edited. Hopefully, when you hear this, there won't be any snoring from my mother. But, Just a you know, little hint we'll do our of best. It, but not the full. Coffee. Only real listeners will hear it. Yes. And shout, big shout out to our listeners. Thank you so much. If you didn't know, we have a Facebook page and we have an email. Yes. What's our email? OG influencers at Gmail. I'm pretty sure. I made this Gmail a while ago. Haven't checked it. Really hope you guys aren't emailing us on there, but I'll start checking it tomorrow. Yes, oginfluencers at gmail.com. Yeah. Email us whatever you want, but, like, keep it nice if you want. Honestly, <laughs> like, yes. Definitely. Also, just, like, DM us. Like, Please. It feels like we're talking to nothing. That's the thing about being a pod, like, doing a podcast. You're speaking to a void. And we don't you know don't, who's going to listen. We have no idea if anyone's listening and because if we don't have any interaction, which we do, but just please post and contact us or whatever. Make a request. You got just a spooky, say hi. spooky thing? Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. November it, can be spooky too. We're going to have another one by the end of the month for oh, sure. Yeah. Once we figure out this remote shit. Um, yeah. Hopefully we won't the do this at 2 we release will be on Wednesday the 30th. So that's the day before Halloween. Yeah, hopefully we don't wait until like 2 a.m. to do this again. I totally died. It's not the worst thing I've ever done. It's kind True, of same. <laughs> but this was like 
very fun. Yes. I love our new recorders. They're cute. Microphones, I mean. Do you have anything else to add? No, just thanks for bearing with us, even though we yeah. skipped a couple weeks. I hope we you appreciate all long. of you. Yeah. Very nice of you to stick around. If you made it this far, what should, should we have? A, there's a secret passcode. You can write spooky, scary CC on the Facebook page. And we will gift you a like. A like. <laughs> a follow. You know I don't what? know. If, if you anyone want. comments spooky, scary CC on literally like any, any of the anything. Zima social media and we see it, I'll say your freaking name next yeah, podcast. Yeah, I mean, you know. Oh do you want that? Major Does, shout out. A major know. shout out, and I'll say my favorite thing about you. Yeah, we both will. If you don't know me, yeah. you can still do this. I'm Haley gonna stalk and your page and find out what's cool about you. Yeah. First thing is that you listen to our podcast. Second thing, <laughs> your eyebrows always. Oh, T. <laughs> cool. Okay. <laughs> anyway, scary spooky CC is the uh, password of the week. <laughs> Post Password of the week. Zima Podcasting Network, uh, OG Influencers, Facebook. Or you could email it or to email. us. <laughs> Make it the subject line, though. Listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Please subscribe. Please rate and review us. Please. Because that's Please. how we get new listeners. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it so, so much. And we appreciate you listening. So this has been OG Influencers. I'm Haley. I'm Cece. And we're signing off. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.